Hey, hey, this is the VoiceOver Profit Podcast. I'm voiceover artist and coach Andrea Collins and the creator of the VoiceOver Profit Project Masterclass, your guide to building a lucrative online voiceover career without an agent, without a ton of fancy training, and all online. On today's show, oh, it's a good one. We have Maya Tuttle. I came across Maya Tuttle because I saw that she had over 1,200 five-star reviews on Voices.com. 1,200! That's insane. Not only is she an established voiceover artist, she is an established musician. She plays the drums in the band The Colorist. How cool is that? She's had major clients like Lego, Sam's Club, Purina, Xerox, Walmart, and more. She does everything, lots of games, and she has that youthful, conversational voice that is just so, so great right now and really landing a lot of jobs. So we're going to hear her experience in the voiceover industry, and she's going to give us some hot tips as well. In fact, you're going to hear how she got started, how much of her work is from online platforms, how those same sites have grown her career, what a recording setup is like, what a day in her life is like, and how she thinks the industry has changed in the past few years. But first, if you are ready to take that step into voiceover and really, really make it work for you this time, get your hands on the VoiceOver Profit Project Masterclass. I will show you how to get set up and ready in a simple, affordable, low-stress, I promise kind of way. I'll help you find your voiceover sweet spot that'll make you money. Master the reads that brands are looking for today. Show you how to dominate the online voiceover game with top insider tips and tricks so you can start making money fast. That's nice, hey? Help you build an online profile that'll take your business to the next level. Scams. They're out there. Scams to look out for in the biz. How to build confidence in your voice and so, so much more. Get your hands on it at andreacollinsconsulting.com. Okay, let's talk with Maya. I want to know, how did you get started in voiceover? Um, For me, uh, out of college, I worked for a public television series called Road Trip Nation um, as an editor, video editor, and then then as a director. And one, it's a pretty, you know, it was a pretty small operation, and we needed someone to do the title open. Like, you know, this is Road Trip Nation. And so we just had people do it around the office, and and uh, the one I did ended up going for the the series, so I ended up being on public television, and it's really cool. Uh, I left that job because my band got signed, and I also played drums. And so for a few years, I was just touring the country and doing the whole you know record label thing, and we would have to do liners for radio, like, you know, hey, this is mm-hmm, The Colorist, mm-hmm. you're listening to uh, WXKY and whatever. Um, and I had a lot of fun doing that. So this voiceover thing sort of kind of popped up throughout my life a couple times. Uh, then a few years into the, the touring and stuff, it's, you know, we learned it's, it's pretty hard to uh, make, make a, a solid living unless you have huge hits or you're touring constantly and just really prolific. So my, our manager at the time introduced me to voiceover again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I introduced that as sort of a way to make money on the side. And it just became just this other passion and uh, sort of lifeline for me as far as, you know, having more freedom to, to live the kind of life I wanted to. And it's been amazing. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of been a new passion that's blossomed 
So, yeah, I took classes uh, in Burbank. I, I live in Southern California through Kalmanson, which is an awesome school. And, yeah, I just fell in love with it. I've seen Kalmanson on a few people's uh, resumes. What is that training like? Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I guess they have a sort of a certain method that they, they use. Um, for me, it's like you're in a class with 10 people. Everyone gets on the mic throughout the class. It's like a three-hour class. And for me, what really draws me back there is, is the teachers are amazing. We, I've, I've never had a class there where we weren't laughing and, and having fun and taking like animation and all these other things. I try to take like one class a year at least so I can just, you know, brush up and keep learning. But uh, it's, it's really fun. And, and because it's L.A., you're sometimes in classes with like, oh, that's the guy from the Hotels.com commercial. It's like just actors are in the classes. <laughs> um, so it's pretty fun. <laughs> Cool. Um, now, so how would you say, so how, how long have you been doing this then? Uh, I've been doing it, well, full time, I would say about, you know, three years and, and part, you know, here and there for the last five, six years. Nice. Yeah, I think that VO is one of those things that a lot of people start to dabble in it. And then when they see that it becomes like a real possibility, then they step into it full time. Um, it's interesting that you say that about the music industry. I, I worked in the music industry for a long time, but on the other side of the interview, whereas I would have been the person on the radio interviewing you. And it was always mm. um, at the end of the interview, you slide them the sheet of liners. Yeah. And you're like, hey, can you say that you love this radio station? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. I'm all too familiar. <laughs> um, so how would you say now that your VO work is diversified? Um, one of the ways that I'm familiar with your work is that looking on voices.com, you have um, at the moment, over 1,200 rate, uh, reviews, which is just incredible. How long have, well, my first question is, how is your VO diversified? Like, how much do you do online? How much do you do through an agent? And then I want to ask you more about Voices.com. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say most of it's online, like through Voices or other various uh, platforms. Like, I would say like two-thirds of it, maybe. Um, another uh if I get my percentages right, like another 25% would be just kind of word of mouth through various, like someone heard me on a commercial or something and found me through my website. And I have a lot of repeat people that I just work with directly. Um, and then another maybe like, you know, uh, 10% or something is through an agent I work with. Um, but it's it's kind of a non-exclusive thing, but it's, it's you know, some I, I maybe get a couple jobs a year through through that. So I, I just wherever I can get work, I'll, I'll kind of take it. <laughs> I think that's interesting that you say that. And and that kind of is, is how I think the industry has shifted, um, that two thirds of your work comes from online. And that is you doing the auditions, that is you assume using sites like voices.com, um, you're finding your own client, clients, you're doing it out of your own home versus the traditional model where it was more your agent had to book those jobs for you. And then you would go to a studio and record them. Yeah, yeah, it's tough because um, it's so easy. I mean, it, doing the in-person stuff is kind of tough because um, if you have to go there for the audition, like, you know, I live in Orange County, so if I have to go to L.A. for an audition, that could be a four-hour round trip to not even know if you're getting the job. But through online, you take a, a minute or two and you can send off an audition and book the job that way. It's uh, for much sure. more economical. You, like I said, on Voices, you have over 1,200 reviews. How long have you been on that platform? 
Oh, I I might have to look that up. I I think 2015 was my first year. Yeah. And um because of my music background, you know, I've done like music production and stuff like that. I use I use a uh, Logic. Um I'm pretty and I have a video editing background, so I'm pretty fast at editing myself and uh, pretty proficient at that, I would say. So, that's been a huge help at booking jobs and 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 doing good work fast as well is I, I don't have too much trouble with the engineering side of it, which I've right. talked to some other voice actors and it's a whole new world for them when they, you know, you're used to just the acting part and you're not used to having to troubleshoot if your interface is not connecting to your mic or, so, or something's going wrong, you know. So I think those for skills sure. have really helped sort of me be more prolific on that end. And for anybody listening who's thinking like, oh, I don't, I, I don't have any of those skills. It's okay. Like they are, they, I mean, you are obviously a master of, of production. So you can do just like multi-layered, beautiful things on Logic or on Pro Tools, I'm sure. But um, for the average VO person, it's kind of recording one track and then making sure, like you said, your microphone and your interface are all plugged into the right holes on your computer. Your levels are okay. And it should be a pretty basic edit. But I do agree that when you are proficient with um, doing auditions, recording yourself, and editing very quickly, you can get a vo- uh, let, I'm, I keep using Voices.com as an example. You can get one of those auditions voiced, edited, and uploaded in you know two minutes, depending on the length of the script. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely like more like a, a maniac when it comes to working really fast. But uh, I mean, one of the things I really believe in is that I think voice actors should just focus on the acting like I think that's the most important part so it's it's a little bit of I don't think uh clients should lean too much on on us for like the engineering part of it because you know you want a good voice actor you don't want a jack of all trades who who does everything you want someone who's really focused on on you know getting the emotion through and making your message come to life so I've yeah, I think focusing on the acting is the most important part. So what sort of online platforms do you use to find your most of your work? Um, mainly it's it's pretty even split between voices and voice one, two, three. Yeah. Um, I I had a, I have I've had a couple experiences in the past uh, year or so that really make me lean on voices more. I really appreciate the services they provide more. Um, even though, you know, it, it could be seen as a little more um, uh, expensive because there's an agency fee. But but mm-hmm. what happened to me was I did a job on, on voices, and I won't say the clients or anything, but they it was agreed to as just internet-only non-paid pl- placement usage. Sorry, wait, you did this on voices or voice one? Oh, sorry, on voices.com. Yeah. Okay, I did, I did it, a job through them. It was supposed to be just internet-only usage. Well, a couple of months later, I'm watching HGTV and it it airs, and and I was like, what? And the, they did not pay for national TV usage. The voices agents were amazing, and I it it made me feel so safe. They they that I was protected in this agreement, and they went out and they went to the client, and they they have all this you know the muscle to the legal muscle mm-hmm. to sort of pursue this something I wouldn't have had on my own if this had happened to me on my own. And they were able to get me compensated for for the this usage that I that even more that I didn't know about that that this company was doing, and it wow. it wasn't out of any like uh, I think it was just miscommunication. They didn't understand that 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 the usage is limited based that they had only paid for you know the certain usage, 
But that really made me understand what what you know an agency fee does. It it protects you, and they can go to bat for you if if stuff like this happens. So, yeah, now I I uh, I really appreciate that that uh, sort of protection in an agent or someone like Voices dot com can provide you. Hmm. Yeah. Same thing. I had had an instance where I did the job for somebody and I had agreed to a certain amount of money and and usage. And then they decided, uh, you know, we're not going to use it anymore. But mm. I had already done the work and we had already signed the agreement. And after a couple of weeks, Voices said, you know what, you're in the right. And they protected me in that situation. Yeah. Whereas if it had just been me, um, dealing with a client on my own, I probably would have backed down because this was a big company. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. It's nice to have a, a team behind you. Mm-hmm. So what is, I know this is like people people keep this close, but what is one of your secrets to landing jobs online? Um, I, Yeah. I'm, you obviously have an incredible voice. You have a very natural read. Oh, thank it's you. It's very um, down to earth. It's very not announcer. You know, like we see so much on on audition specs, they say no announcer voice. So you've definitely, you know, got that nailed for sure. So besides your voice, what what else do you think it is? Is it your delivery? Is it your editing speed? The yeah. sound in your studio? What do you think? Um, there's a couple things that that come to mind. Like, and and first of all, like. I want to say all these things I learned over the past five years, like these weren't natural to me at first. Um, One of the big ones were things I did that changed that I noticed a big bump in jobs I booked was when I first started uh, recording voiceovers, I was just working at my desk in my room, uh, just open room, and I didn't realize, I couldn't hear it, but there was an echo in, in everything I recorded, and I couldn't hear it, and I had to wait for... Uh, a client came back to me and said, I hear an echo. Is and then I, I listened closer and I realized, oh my gosh, there is an echo. So I mm. moved into the closet where there's all clothes and I'm kind of in a more tight space. And immediately I noticed a big jump in jobs I booked because that, that's, that just changing uh, my surroundings into a tighter, more, you know, space where there, there's less reflections, uh, it, it gave my audio a, a better quality and, and I started booking more jobs. So that was a huge thing. Um, and yeah, yeah, just uh, um, I'm not sure what, what else, but I, I, tr- I try to audition at least 10 to 20 times a day just throughout the day. Um, and I, you know, I look for jobs that are in my, my wheelhouse, like if they're looking for a, a, a low Allison Janney uh, husky voice. I know that's probably not me. <laughs> like I, I usually skew younger. If they need a little boy and they don't mind an adult, that's... I'll go for that because <laughs> I often get those little kids kids jobs, um, and they're really fun too. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I just kind of focus focus my work, I'd say. And when it comes to your auditions, uh, how quickly do you get your audition in when it comes to the amount of people that have already uploaded? Because we hear that, you know, the sooner you can, if you can be the first person auditioning for that job, the better chance of you being heard. Um, how do you work with that? Oh, um... It's only recently I started paying attention to that more. I, I do, if someone sends me a request for an audition, though, I try to get that in right away. So so maybe that speaks to that. Yeah, if, if they ask for something from me, I, I don't delay. Like, I try to get it 
within an hour or two if if I'm if possible because I'm I'm sitting behind my computer nine to five pretty much just like seeing if auditions come in and and whatnot so I, I do try to be speedy on that front mm-hmm so that is what your day yeah maybe you can tell us a little bit about your day you said you're you're in front of your computer most of the time waiting for those auditions to come down uh yeah yeah um now I'm in the the space where every day I have different like I'll wake up I'm on in California so the east coast has already been buzzing for a couple hours by the time I get up so I usually wake up to a bunch of emails either you know there's jobs that come in or there's auditions that some or and pickups and there's a bunch of things so I'll uh, I'll wake up around seven and and uh, you know eight till eight or nine. I'll just be kind of checking emails and organizing my day. Um, I got a separate space for a whisper room that's outside of my house because at my house, like if the neighbor's working on it's the car or the plane flies over it, I can't do a, a voiceover. So I've got a really quiet space uh, here at my studio. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just kind of like throughout the day, I I either complete projects I've been offered. If I have space in between, I'll just audition. Um, if I have sessions booked, I'll be doing that. Um, and I just kind of like go, go, go until the day winds down. Now, what's your, you said you have a whisper room type studio. What's your recording setup like? Yeah, yeah. Um, I rent a separate space that it's pretty cool. There's like a designer next door and a photographer and all. So it's pretty quiet and it's away from the street. And a couple years ago, I invested in a, a whisper room booth, four by six, with acoustic uh, panels, um, and it, it's been great because it's just so consistent. So if you have to do mm. pickups later, you don't have to worry about like, um, did I move something in my closet and now something sounds a little bit different? So I just have this consistent space, which is awesome. Um, cool. I've been using an AKG four fourteen mic for the past uh, three or four years or so. Um, and my interface is an Apollo Twin. I, I use Logic to edit everything just because I have the music background and I, I was used to it. But I've heard a lot of good things about other programs and, you know, uh, Adobe Audition and Audacity and all that. Now, when it comes to the way you approach a script, I was listening to some of your demos and the way that you've voiced certain spots. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Sometimes um, a lot of us, we voice in a way that we, we think this is what the client's going to want. And then other times you might take a risk and you get that job or you don't get that job. That's the thing with auditioning. You don't really know what the client thinks of it. Did you come close? Did you not come close? How do you attack a script and how do you decide when to take those risks or not? Yeah, on an audition, I... I generally try to do if it's not to they don't want like the whole three minute thing read which it usually is not the case if it's just like a 30 second sample I try to do it twice so I try to do I'll do like the safe one safe interpretation once and then like a little more character or uh, unique read that I can imagine on on the second time but I, I in my you know in my classes and and just watching movies and stuff and seeing really good actors deliver lines like it's so amazing to see the choices some actors make and so I, I just try to make like a choice where someone would be, be like oh that that works and and that's not like you know <laughs> that's not like how most people would say it but it, it totally works so I don't know just something to stand out 
um, sometimes improv a little bit on that second try. Like if it's a if it's a quirky spot and you can make the person laugh. I I've had uh, one client keep something I did in the audition that was just totally improved. And we, we, they were like, oh, we like that. Can you do that again when we record the real thing? So I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like how, how many times have you booked those jobs where you've given them the two examples and they say, oh, we like the second one? Oh, I, yeah, I, I guess it happens pretty often. I always have to make clear. I was like, which, which take did you like? Because sometimes they're not, <laughs> they don't say. But um, yeah, I would say it, it, happens, it happens pretty often that they, they like the one that I wasn't sure if they would like. And how often do you provide two versions on each audition? And do you tell them at the beginning of your audition, like, hey, I've provided you two auditions? Or how do you go about that? I usually just don't say anything at the beginning of an audition. I just roll right into it. Um, and I figure if if they get pa- if they're interested by the first part, then they'll they'll find the second part uh, amusing. But sometimes I don't know. Sometimes they just have a really hard idea about what kind of voice they want. So if they don't get past the first 10 seconds of your audition, you know, I I figured that I, I didn't have a, much of a chance anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I don't preface my audition with, with anything. I don't slate or anything. And I, I find a lot of postings, I think, say that these days. They're like, no slate, just go straight into it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, as, yeah. as often as I can, like if it's, a, if it's just a shorter 30-second blip, I'll definitely do two takes. Sometimes they're like, we need the whole script, and it's like two minutes. So I, I won't do two takes on that. But and then when it comes to um, Voices.com, you know, for people that aren't familiar with that site, basically you you get the sample script, you record it, you upload your MP3, and the client will have placed a bid range in the job posting. Let's say it's between 100 and $250. And then you as the talent have to decide, okay, what am I going to charge here? Do you go... It, it's always some people they go for a volume game and they'll price low, which really uh, undercuts the industry. I, I don't recommend doing that. Um, some people will go nice in the middle and some people will go right at the upper end. I've even heard of some people going out of the budget um, <laughs> and still landing the jobs that way. This or how do you generally feel about the bidding process? Where do you stand? Um, yeah, the. I hate the, I I kind of ha- I hate the money part. It's so awkward sometimes. So I'm I'm always happy when <laughs> an agency can do the negotiating for me. But but that's a great question. Yeah, I've I've I'm not always clear about it too, because there's a range sometimes. But what I do is, um, I I first and foremost I look at the usage. I look at the term of usage, um, and I I personally stay away from any advertised paid ads or paid placements that want to be used. In perpetuity, I think that's mm. like, I think that devalues the work. I I, I think it could kind of, um, it could kind of, uh, it's a risk for a voice actor because, you know, say in fifteen years you want to do this huge Honda campaign, but they require exclusivity for the duration of the campaign. And what if you did this, you know, hundred fifty dollar Toyota uh, ad mm-hmm. that is still running as pre roll. 15 years ago it could it could be a risk for the rest of your career so i i stay away from any in perpetuity ads um but as for bidding yeah i kind of look at all those things i do try to stay in the the listed budget that they have of as far as my talent bid um but sometimes if it's if it looks like they're they're kind of like 
the the budget's way too low for what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. I'll just bid at yep. what I think it should be, and I'll, I'll explain to them like this this word at this word count. This is actually what it's I'm equating it should be. So, and I show them that, and maybe I won't, I won't probably won't I don't know if I would, if I've gotten any of those jobs, but at least I hope they can see that you're a little uh, under you know the standard here. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's a teachable mm-hmm. moment or something. But yeah, no, I I think I think you're totally right. That's something. That, that's the instance where I would do that too, where I would look at the scope of the project and I would think, okay, hey, this these they're really undercutting here. Um, <laughs> let's let's bump it up a little bit more. And you know what? I have heard if if a talent really likes your voice, they want to make it work with you. So don't be afraid to bid high. If they can't afford it, they will probably message you and they will say, you know what, this is out of our budget, but what if we meet you halfway? Yeah. And everybody's happy that way. Or you you, or you don't take it, you know, but it, it at least can still, it doesn't necessarily end a job if it's out of the person's budget. It can just bring on more conversation possibly. Yeah, totally. And I, I put that in my, um, exactly, I put that in my little blurb that I send out with my bid like, you know, if, it, if it's a mom and pop shop or something, I'm, I'm totally happy to be flexible. I'm not looking to, like, make anyone go bankrupt so that they can put a local ad out there or something. If they wanted to talk more about the rate, I'm totally happy and not never, not at all offended to negotiate. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, like you said, I hope it just starts a conversation. That's really interesting that you say that because um, the the blurb that you send out when you audition, uh, it might say something like, uh, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, I have this many auditions, or I have no auditions, but I can assure you I'm in a beautiful recording space and blah, 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 as you'll hear in my audition, you know, whatever you want to write. Um, and I have thought about that, though. Where, if you put a line in there talking about, hey, I'm open to negotiation about my bid... Will that have people, will people try to lowball you more often? Or I guess I should say, how has that worked for you? Um, Yeah, I I haven't noticed it too much where where people have tried to get me to go lower, um, you know, a lot more often. Um, uh, I like like it when they contact me in the case where they just absolutely, there's no room for them to, to to negotiate like there's no room for them to negotiate higher so they let me know you know we would love to use you but we can only afford this much um and you know depending on what the project is and if it's not a totally low thing for like a, an ad that's going to be <laughs> seen by thousands and thousands of people um I'm, I'm happy to negotiate you know if it's for a youtube explainer or something that's not for advertising purposes or something like that um, yeah, I don't think I've, I've I have not noticed more lowballing. I, 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 I sometimes I wonder if people really read through it at all, or if they just look at the price and then they're like, oh, too high. They don't even listen to it. I'm not sure, um, but I hope mm. they I hope they read those. <laughs> yeah, I would actually love to talk to somebody at Voices.com or Voice One Two Three and and Voices.com. They're they're like you said, their staff is exceptional. But I would love if they did an online tutorial of what it looks like 
and maybe I should get them on the podcast, what it looks like on the client side when they're going through all of the auditions. You know, I want to see it. I want to see what that experience is like for them. I want to know what it looks like when they open up Voices.com and they look at all of the auditions that they've gotten. Yeah. How many do they listen to on average? Um, are they going right from top to bottom? Are they skipping around? Do they listen to the 100% voice matches first? You know, I'd, mm, yeah. I'd love to know the inner workings. We should just post a job so we can see. Yeah, they, yeah that would be fascinating. The industry has changed a lot in the past few years. Um, I think it's so interesting to hear how successful you are and how two-thirds of your work is coming from online um, and 10% from your agent. Is that right? Because in yeah. my experience, that, that's been my experience as well. Uh, for the longest time, I was waiting around to get my agent to land the jobs for me. And then once I took matters into my own hand and joined the new online voiceover world, that's when things really changed. Um, how has that provided, you know, a level of freedom in your life? Oh, man. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess ever, I guess I started when this whole change was already sort of starting to happen where everything was moving online. So I don't know too much of, of just only relying on an agent. I, I, I don't, that's pro I imagine that has to be hard because you, there's no way you could do as many auditions or see as many opportunities. It's just not physically possible. Um, although my agent has been amazing and she's super cool. And sometimes I even bring her on for stuff when I just need some help, like on the financial end or contract end. But but yeah, um, doing stuff online has, has just been amazing. Like like we were talking, I'm, I'm expecting in, in February. So having having this freedom in my schedule to be able to, you know, book my own schedule, do work from from a home studio, um, and uh, and just just have that, uh, you know, not not be worried that you know I don't have to be away from the house uh, nine to five in order to to provide for my family. You know, I can I can I can do it from home. I can have that flexibility and and still make things mm -hmm. work. It's, it's really cool. That is actually one of the, um, and I'm a new mom as well. My daughter is four and a half months. Yeah, and uh. that, that is one thing that I love is that I can feel like I'm staying home with my daughter and we're really getting to enjoy our time together. But when she's just chilling out or she's napping, I can feel like I still have that part of me that's that's working. Yeah. And I love that balance. I love it. And it's hilarious trying to make it all work with the auditions, with having a small child now, especially an infant. If if it's like you just pop the pacifier in <laughs> and then you start recording nice. and you try to try to make it, you know, try to make her last as long yeah. as she can. But it's uh funny because some auditions where I've landed the job and then I'll go back and I'll listen to the audition to make sure I keep my tone the same when I'm recording the actual MV, uh, the actual job. Mm -hmm. I'll hear in the background Sadie like, oh. <laughs> I think that's funny. Good for them for looking past yeah. that. Good for them for looking past that. Um, Maya, it's been so great talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and congratulations on your baby and all your success. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Maya Tuttle, everybody. You can check her out at mayatuttle.com. Actually, tons of cool stuff about Maya online if you give her a quick Google. 
I'm Andrea Collins, and if you think, okay, after hearing all of this, it is time, I gotta get the pedal to the metal on my voiceover career. Um, if you want some ideas of exactly what you need to get started, you can grab those for free at andreacollinsconsulting.com. It is your free money-making in VO checklist, plus lots of great freebies to master your conversation, read, there's the voiceover profit project, plus a specific course about dominating uh, online casting sites, in particular, Voices.com. Again, grab that at andreacollinsconsulting.com. I'll talk to you next time, okay? On the VoiceOver Profit Podcast.